the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. It is Friday. It is Friday. That means it's open line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call about anything you'd like to call about, and we will change the subject just for you. So Bible questions, something in the news, you want to follow up with something that uh, we didn't finish earlier in the week, or maybe you didn't get in. We had a lot of calls in so many days earlier this week. Sometimes people don't get in. Friday's the day where you can bring it back up, 888-528-2557. As uh, we begin our number two here, a, a video that's gone viral is of a Oregon high school girls tennis coach who resigned this week in protest of transgender student athletes being allowed to compete with uh, biological women on the tennis team and swim team and other teams. His name is Dave Brown, and uh, he resigned because the, basically he's being forced to allow this. He says some interesting things in the, uh, the video that he put out. Here we go. Why is it not working? Here we go. There we go. For the last 25 years, I've coached uh, varsity basketball, varsity tennis, coached in over 1,090 games, won 667 and lost 423. Have had a lot of success, but I finally reached the point where I had to resign last night because of boys playing girls tennis. And the reason we did is we're just not going to support boys playing girls sports. This is wrong on every level. These are not girls. They're boys saying they're a girl. They're playing a fall sport, come back and play a girl sport, and go back to playing a boy sport. All I have to do is change the paperwork at the district office. I'm not. Did you catch what he said right there? He said, he said that these are boys playing girl sports. He says, and they're playing as boys in the fall and girls in the spring. And all they got to do is change the paperwork. That's an amazing thing. That's that's part of. There's so many different issues with all of this, right? But part of it is you just say it, and that's who you are. I think that that is, you know. I think that a lot of the time, actually, whatever somebody might be going through, if they're dealing with transgenderism or gender dysphoria, they some people are dealing with that for real. But there are other people who are just looking for attention or they're being pretty smart. Right. There's a couple of people in prison who have said, oh, by the way, I'm a girl and uh, I identify as a woman. And then they get put in the women's prison, including rapists have been put in women's prison because suddenly they identify as a woman. And then what happens in the women's prison is uh, that stuff starts happening. You know, it's uh, we this is a crazy time. I mean, and I don't know, I haven't been to jail. I know people who've been to prison and they tell me you don't want to do it. I knew, I met a guy, uh, I worked with a guy one time and uh, he chose six months of, he had an option of of two weekends in jail or six months of community service where you go out in the freeway and pick up trash or something for whatever he did. And he chose the six months of, of community service. And I said, well, why wouldn't you just pick two weekends and just get it over with? 
you know, why the six months? And he said, I tried. He said, one time I did the, uh, the jail time over the weekend. It was the worst two days of my life. He said, I would never do that. I, he says, if you're ever in that situation, Pastor Scott, um, then uh, you pick the community service. And I can imagine why uh, if I'm having to go to prison, and if I could just say I'm a girl, I guess I go to the women's prison. Uh, you know, this, so this guy is uh, resigning and over it. And the idea of men in the women's tennis, it is, it's wild. That's the place that we're in uh, right now. And, uh, you know, um, we, it's one of those things I was saying right before the break, you know, we've got to be able to have conversations about policy, recognizing that there are people in the middle who are hurt. You know, some of these guys are playing games. Some of these people are really dealing with, with some stuff, but you, you have to be able to speak the truth um, and actually talk about policy or truth in issues. I deal with this a lot as a pastor, right? Sometimes I'll come and I'll speak on marriage or you speak, sometimes it's Mother's Day or something. And you have to acknowledge, you know what, there are some people here who Mother's Day is a hard day. It's a hard day because your mother wasn't very good or you, uh, maybe she was abusive. Maybe she's passed away. Maybe Mother's Day is hard because you don't think you're a very good mom if you're a mom, right? It's a hard day for some people. You have to acknowledge that. But at the same time, we have to talk about what it means to be a mom and uplift mothers and celebrate the mothers who aren't having that. Uh, if you're talking about marriage, a lot of people struggle with marriage or they struggle to get marriage, but you've got to be able to talk about it. You have to be able to discuss it. Uh, it is a concern that I have that we are in a culture where you cannot even discuss issues that might make people feel uncomfortable for whatever reason. That you can't, you just can't go there, and it's part of our our problem. Do you agree? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know, I used to do, uh, and I still do sometimes. Uh, I'll speak through love, sex, and dating to college students, or you know, even grownups, married people. I'll go through the Song of Solomon or stuff, and I always have to take a moment to say, this has to be taught, right? You've got to teach this, and I I have an analogy where I. I talk about a, a guy who goes to another culture and he goes to this group of people who've been isolated from the rest of the world for a long time. And they are a village, they're living on a river and the river is full of alligators. And he notices as he comes into this town and he starts to explore it, this anthropologist or missionary, that everybody living there is dealing with some kind of wound. And he notices a excessive number of people who are missing limbs and an excessive number of people who have all kinds of injuries. And then he watches as a young child gets taken by an alligator into the sea and dies. And there are weeping moms and people who are weeping. And he says to himself, this is a, a terrible situation. And he says, I need to go to the schools and find out, you know, what are the schools teaching about this? And he says, I go to the schools and I see that they teach about the alligators and they teach that, you know, what alligators are. And then they, they, but they don't teach about the dangers of alligators. They don't teach to stay away from the alligators. They don't teach that you should only work with alligators if you're in a certain position to do so. In fact, they even encourage that you experiment with alligators. And then looking in the classroom, you've got, you've got people with all kinds of injuries and missing limbs. And then he goes to the city council and he tries to determine, well, what are they doing about the alligators? And what they seem to be doing is arguing about how you're not allowed to talk about alligators. 
And you can't say that there's anything wrong with alligators. And you can't say that uh, there should be any restrictions about alligators, that uh, the alligators are, are just there. And they says, well, surely the church is a place I can go when people are talking about alligators. And so he goes to the church, and the church talks about uh, you know the evil of alligators and stay away from the alligators. But the church doesn't really talk about the alligators because it makes people uncomfortable. So they won't talk about it. They won't talk about what the Bible says about alligators. They won't talk about what the proper purpose of alligators is. And the entire place is just weeping and mourning. See, and that's kind of how we approach sexual issues today, isn't it? You know, and, and speaking to the church, you know, often those issues are spoken about in the political realm and argued about that way or fought about or not talked about or there's you know, you're a bad person if you say this or whatever. You know, in the educational realm, there is an education, but there's nothing about morality. In fact, it's very much anti-morality is what's actually taught. And then the church is afraid to say anything because it makes people uncomfortable in the pews to talk about sex, to talk about these issues. And then what you have is a culture of wounded people everywhere, a culture of people who are just struggling everywhere. And, and the big reason why they're struggling is they've never been taught the truth about sex, the truth about the alligators and the alligators. You know, you know what I'm saying? Is that you've got to teach it, even though some people are hurting, even though it is an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people. We have so much, so many wounds that are going on, so much difficulty that it comes down to this in so many ways. How many things are we talking about that are related to this? Uh, the trans issues, the gender issues, the abortion issue, uh, pornography issues. Uh, how many scandals are bringing down political leaders? How many political leaders, you know, even today in the news today are dealing with behaviors? Whether they did those behaviors or not, they're being accused of it. People are saying, I'm hurt because you did this. People are saying, oh, I didn't really do it. Whatever the case is, it's a huge deal. And as a culture, we're not dealing with it in a way that is at all helpful. The only people who really can is the church. And then inside the church, we've got to follow what the scriptures say for us. That gives us a better testimony everywhere else. It matters. It matters greatly. And this is what I mean by hard subjects, that you've got to be able to talk about policy. You've got to be able to talk about What's the purpose of a border in a country and be able to also acknowledge that there are people in poverty and yes, there are people who are criminals and there's drug smuggling and all of that. That's all part of it. You got to talk about it, but you also got to talk about the, what poverty does and what, how many people are struggling. If you're going to talk about abortion, you've got to talk about the fact that it is a live baby in there that the science no longer even would say seriously that it's a clump of cells, right? It's a baby. Of course it is. And does the baby have rights? And you've got to have that conversation. At the same time, you've got to talk about the woman who is in a terrible situation sometimes. And uh, how do you compassionately help her, right? How do you do that? See what I mean? There's, there's a different conversation that has to happen. We all need to get better at that. This, you know, and I think that the impact that would have on our culture in every level is a good one. You know, there is another video going around. I think that this is high speed, okay? It might be just how this guy talks. We were having that discussion. We couldn't tell. And what he's talking about is the normalization of thruples, which is not a couple. That's two people. A thruple is three people in a relationship who are raising a kid, okay? Like three people married to each other, not legally married at the moment, but there's really nothing stopping that from becoming a thing. 
um, and how that would work and why we need to normalize it. This is what he says. Every single day I become a bigger advocate for raising children in groups of three or more because like, I get there are lots of people who are very happily single parenting or raising their children as twosomes. That's great for you. But for those of you thinking about doing something different, I just want you to know like, it is possible to do so because there is no representation of us, right? There's no bluey episode about the kid with three parents, but we're out here just doing our thing. And in our case, a single parent by choice teamed up with an existing couple. We decided to make a kid together and raising that kid as a group. You could be in a romantic couple. You could be three best friends. You could have more adults involved if you want to, so long as you're all committed to this child-rearing thing. And certainly it takes some extra negotiating, right? The more people you have, the more opinions you have. And we had to have some hard talks about things like who was going to be genetically related to our child and who wasn't. That was tricky, but also it was kind of just a moment in time in comparison to the 18-plus year commitment that is raising a human being and putting them out into the world because, oh my gosh, raising kids is so much work. And it kind of reminds me of the early days of like union organizing where people were fighting for an eight-hour workday so that they could have eight hours of rest and then eight hours of daily life like that's what we need as a parenting group so right now my husband is at work making a paycheck my co-parent is at the daycare center with their kid and i'm about to have a nice cup of coffee and go work on my novel and- all right so he keeps going on the thing is about this conversation is he never talks about what might be better for the child it's never about is it better for the child to have a biological mother and father now not see it's one of those things it's hard to talk about because you might be a single parent there's nothing you can do about that you might uh, not have good parents maybe you know you might be in a situation that doesn't fit that but all the studies everything and everything we know says a biological mother and father who are married is the best situation for a child and it shouldn't make you feel bad if you're a single parent and you're just trying your best and you're working hard and you're probably doing a great job Okay, but that shouldn't prevent us from saying the entire nation benefits because that child benefits by being raised by a man and woman married couple. That's what it is. But so much of the conversation is about what makes me feel better. And then this kid suddenly has to go through life trying to explain why he's got three parents. Only two of them are his real parent. And uh, then there's got two dads, but one's not the real dad and one is. And then there's this woman involved. And, you know, it's. And the push to normalize that, that's where we are as a couple. You know, the church has something to say about that. And it should be reflected in the marriages that we have. None of them are perfect. And it should be reflected in our parenting and how hard we work for our kids. And when there is somebody who's a single parent and there is a situation where a child uh, might be in a situation that isn't best for uh, his upbringing, how is the church reaching out to that parent? You know, is are we going to, you know, with the abortion argument, for example, you know, it's changed. We're going to have a conversation about it. But, you know, the pill is the abortion pill is a huge deal. Most of the states that are allowing abortion now, like California, that's not going to change unless one day the, the country decides that the unborn child has constitutional rights. But we're a long way from that. But that day could happen one day. Um, but the best way it changes is if people just decide we're not going to do it and we're going to take care of these kids and we're going to focus on adoption and we're going to focus on moms and we're going to really do this. It helps the conversation a lot if we're compassionate in our actions towards helping kids and parents uh, do their jobs and and open with uh, what kinds of things we fund. Are we funding the uh, premarital clinics and the prenatal clinics? Are we helping moms who might feel like they need an abortion but wouldn't choose that in California if they had someone to help them financially? My my experience is uh, if they get help, they don't choose abortion. They want to have the baby because they think it's a baby, and they understand that. There are 
see, these are the conversations that I think if if together in all of our churches, if in all of our budgets, in everything we did, we spent more time on, we would have a greater impact in the culture and things like the thruppling and the different things that are coming, they're coming, they're going to be legal. They're going to, it's definitely the direction we're on. Maybe that turns away. And I think that's better for the kids, the country and for everyone. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It is Open Phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, 888-528-2557. Uh, let me get to the phones. Thanks for waiting on the phones here. Anna in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I think it was like two weeks ago or something like that that you guys had they, they had questions about why does God permit bad uh, leadership? Yeah, that comes up from time to time, so we probably talked about it at some point. Yeah, but it's in the Bible. It says because people people want it, just like when the people wanted Saul or someone else, not God, to, to rule them. Mm-hmm. And so he allowed them to, to you know, uh, anoint Saul for to be king, but it wasn't his, it wasn't his, you know. It wasn't what God's, wanted God wanted people to just follow the law and not have a king. The people wanted a king. Yeah. They wanted a king because everyone else had a king. And uh, God said, okay, you can have a king. Uh, but he gave a bunch yeah. of warnings about what, if you read that uh, in the scriptures yeah. about what would happen if they got a king. All of those things happened, by the way, because they got a king. Yeah, right. But it seemed like nobody knew why. So I did, but I didn't get on on that on that because it was too late. So I just thought I'd tell everybody that's that's why. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. You know, in in, in a political time, you know, where uh, um, people are choosing their leaders. At some point, the choice of the leader is comes down to the Lord, and uh, we're called to uh, pray for our leaders, no matter who they are. That doesn't mean that you pray that they're successful with evil or you know ill-advised things. You pray that they don't do evil and that they change their mind if their policies are bad. Uh, you... And if there's two, yeah, if there's two people that aren't that good, choose the best one. You know what I mean. Well, you got to do what you got to do, but whatever it is, you have to also recognize that Jesus is on the throne, and whatever happens, Jesus is not confused by it. Jesus is not going to look down next November and go, I did not expect you to to vote for that guy, right? Uh, He's going to know, and he's going to use it for his purposes, whoever it is. Yeah, one other thing, um, ACLJ has a movie uh, video about uh, who who really has uh, owns... uh, in the, the land in Israel, they've got, of course, it's in the Bible. I mean, thousands yeah. of years ago, of... David was, David, <clears throat> and they had their, <clears throat> their, their country there, Israel. There's a lot of good oh, resources they're... out there, and it's in there. Thank you for yeah. calling the Pastor Scott Show today, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Martha in Inglewood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Can you turn your radio down there, Martha? Hi, Martha. Martha? Uh, All right, Martha, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, we're going to take a break in a couple minutes. I'll come back to you after the break, but you got to turn your radio down. 888-528-2557. Janet in Laguna Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call, Pastor Scott, and I appreciate your um, trying to bring the conversation forward. My issue is emasculated men in leadership. We are watching a man who has been convicted of raping and doing things, calling other people's wives ugly dogs, 
It's the former president of the United States. And these men never stand up for their wives, for their family. They're emasculated. They're not men. My, I can't imagine my husband or my father not standing up if someone insulted my mother or called her this or that or all the other names. So young people are watching emasculated men who kiss the ring, who don't say anything because their value is to get ahead at the expense of their manhood. Well, I I think that, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot more who recognize what is wrong there. I think people have a lot of frustration. And in one sense, you're right that a lot of people sort of ignore that when it's with anybody, if it sort of works with their political view of things, right? That's where I ask people to be consistent. If you're going to say it about one side for the same thing, you got to say it about the other side. Um, And, uh, you know, a bigger picture, you know, we live in a culture right now that um, doesn't want men to be men. That's very bad for boys growing up. That uh, now is becoming bad even for girls growing up in in different ways. I agree. And the reason is, is because at the end of the day, we're moving away from the purposes of men and women and uh, our purposes as people made in the image of God. And that is, you know, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. You get rid of Genesis 1 through 3, well, then everything falls apart um, because that's the foundation for everything that works. Ultimately, the purpose of life even is tied into that. Janet, appreciate your call. This is Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557 on the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Tracy, I'll get to your call when we come back and others. It's Open Line Friday. That means you can call about anything you want. Bible questions, something in the news, maybe something that uh, we didn't get to your call earlier in the week, as happens sometimes. You can call back today. You can follow us at the Pastor Scott Show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, X, and uh, even the TikTok, at Pastor Scott Show. Look at Look us up right now at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. On the Pastor Scott Show today, we'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about, so you can give us a call right now. Tracy in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi there. Thanks for having me on, Pastor Scott. Hi, Tracy. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, I was calling in as I'm you know, listening to all, all the different conversations, and it, it just reminds me of Matthew 24 where Jesus describes the end times. And the, the main word I get out of that is the word deception, right? Mm. And um, what do we do? So in Second Chronicles 7.14, um, what did God tell his people, you know, through King Solomon, as they were praying over the temple, what do you do when you see this depravity in your time and you're feeling it? And it's you humble yourself and pray and turn from your wicked ways. And God will hear from heaven and, and answer our prayers and heal our land. Now, in, in my opinion, we pray that. A lot of us have been just constantly praying that for the last few years. But I think our, our next step is to actually take actions that we might not have ordinarily realized it was our responsibility to take. And what um, would that because be? Because we, we live in a country where... 
we, the people, have a responsibility within our own governments. And so for me, uh, there's two things. Number one, you're talking about really ultimately in my, I think you're saying protecting kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other part is, uh, and I see it's twofold. Last week you had Sonia Shaw uh, on the radio and she was talking about protectkidsca.com. And that's one way there's a petition of the people to, uh, to bring out protection for girl spaces. For, right. um, that's part of that right. uh, bill that there or that uh, petition is to uh, uh, basically keep boys out of the girls' locker room and and out of girls' sports. It's part of it. That's right. That's right. And and two other parts, which is to make sure parents are informed when kids are going through uh, a, 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 some, right. a situation related, so that that they can help their kids. I'm still waiting for a so, parent to call me to say that it's okay for the school to lie to them about their kids' situation. Right. I haven't heard well, that. You know, the school board has jurisdiction over this. And in Los Angeles, we have a school board that's compri- comprised of seven people who've been voting in lockstep on these issues. But most people don't realize there's an election right now. There are four seats up for election. And we've got people uh, who are running. But most people don't even vote for school board when they vote because they don't know who to vote for. That's right. They and, either don't and, vote or they randomly they, fill in bubbles. And also it costs so much to even send out a flyer. If you're getting these magnificent flyers, it's from the big money that's funding uh, this lockstep voting that we're experiencing. It's you know, People don't realize how much money is in those mailers. I used to uh, work on a camp years ago, and it's tens of thousands of dollars to mail out those those things. And you do have to ask mm-hmm. uh, who's paying for that. If you're just a regular parent who's running for school board, you know, probably you don't have the uh, $75,000 to do the mailer. So who's paying for that? Yeah, no right? joke. Uh, somebody uh, with an agenda. Maybe they're the agenda you like, right? But that's what you look into. You figure it out. And it says right on there who mm-hmm. it's paid for, usually, who actually mm-hmm. paid for it. Well, Tracy, well, you know. It's, decept- it's, it's deceptive because they, there's, the biggest money is under a banner that says, like, kids first, and it's not. I know it from experience. It's always, it's, I, yeah. The way our politics yeah. works, it's deceptive. Um, because people don't pay attention. And you, you mentioned Matthew mm-hmm. 24 and, uh, you know, the end times is, you know, Jesus, tell us when the end times are coming. What are the signs? And the first thing he says is don't be deceived, which really isn't the answer you're looking for, right? I want to know, you know, when does the tribulation begin? Who's the Antichrist? You know, that's what people are asking. But what Jesus says is don't be deceived. And the trouble is with deception is that you don't know you're deceived. That's why you're deceived, right? You don't, you don't think you're deceived. You don't believe you're deceived. And that is the danger of being deceived is you don't get it. But there is a way out of it. You you pay attention. And uh, it's not too hard, I think, to uh, figure out who's who um, in the world today with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tracy, thank you for calling if anyone, me. Go ahead. Hey, Pastor Scott. It's really tough to get the word out, but I've got three friends running for school board across the city. We could tell you what we'll do. uh, We'll do some stuff on this pretty soon. If you want to email me, Pastor Scott at KKLA.com, and we'll keep uh, people's uh, names in mind when we get there. uh, uh, We definitely are going to talk about local elections. They matter. And those people in the down ballot like school board that most people don't know who they are. Uh, We definitely are going to help with that. Thank you so much, Pastor Scott. Thank you, Tracy, for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. It's open line Friday, 888-528-2557.
there is a, a video going around that is suggesting, uh, well, you tell me what you think. This is from uh, the Today Show earlier today. Can we talk about Jessica Biel? Because she's been causing a real controversy on the Internet. She made a very shocking, shocking statement. Hmm. Here it is. I think maybe some of you know this about me, but I love to eat in the shower. I love to eat and drink in the shower. Shower appropriate items like cereal or yogurt, coffee, tea, popsicles. I know, melt factor, but safe, you know, down the drain, anything drops, you're good. What would you say are shower appropriate food items? Do you eat in the shower? None. Yeah, I have never in my life eaten in the shower. I don't think I've even thought about it. Sometimes I'm late, you know, to work or I've got something I got to do. And, uh, you know, but do you eat in the shower? Is Jessica Beale onto something here? Is she talking about something that everybody knows? And I'm just out of the loop here. Wilbur, we, we just don't get it. All right. The cereal grossed me out because I just imagined cereal with like water. How do you do that with like, uh, like watered down cereal? That's not good. Like, do you put water on your Cheerios? I and- don't. Like normally, if you're sitting at the uh, the kitchen table and you go to the fridge and there's no milk, do you put water on the Cheerios or do you put the Cheerios back in the box and go make an egg or something? Yeah, I put the Cheerios back in the box. Right. That's what I do. But uh, And in the shower, she said shower appropriate. I want to know, does anybody eat in the shower? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And uh, do you eat in the shower? And what would you say are shower-appropriate foods? Because that's the term that Jessica Biel used is shower-appropriate foods. So I'm I'm guessing, you know, you know a steak, not something that you uh, bring into the shower with you. Go ahead, so Jose. What time, do you think, Jose? Uh, I went to a fair, and uh, we got some cotton candy to go. And then it was getting late, and I'm like, all right, let me take a shower. And then I started feeling a little hungry, and then there was a cotton candy just right there on the counter. I'm like, you know what? Let me eat this cotton candy. So I look away for one second. I look back at the cotton candy in my hand, and it was gone. (laughs) Turns out if you get cotton candy wet, it dissolves. (laughs) So Jose says that cotton candy is, uh, is is not something that is shower food appropriate. Okay. It's uh, that's a, I think a good idea there. Uh, anybody else eat cotton candy in the shower? Um, you gotta. It, it's hard to do that. You gotta hold it like out the door the whole time while you shower, and uh, that's a, you know. Then you have that awkward moment where you gotta switch hands because you want to wash that arm uh, as well. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'm just wondering if I'm missing out. Right? Is this a thing? Is this gonna save me time in the morning? Is there something about eating in the shower that causes better digestion? You know, I eat at the sink sometimes if I'm really in a hurry. I'm, you know, I've hit a bowl of cereal and just stood there by the sink in case I any of the milk sloshes out or anything. Do you eat in the shower? 888-528-2557. Maria in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Um, Maria, go ahead. Oh, this is Gloria. Oh, uh, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Um, yeah, I think I was eating a popsicle during the summer in the shower. Now, wait, that's one of the uh, things on Jessica Beale's list of shower-appropriate foods. So you say that a popsicle is okay in the shower. Right, like if it's hot, like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> so, there's anything wrong with that. Now, did you say to yourself, you know what, I need to take a shower and, like, get up there and start getting ready and then go, oh, I got to go back to the kitchen. I forgot my popsicle. <laughs> Maybe. And then go grab Maybe a... I was already eating the popsicle, and then I 
I'm like, okay, I need to take a shower, but I haven't finished my popsicle. I have to, I'm on the run to go somewhere. I don't know. Okay, so so it's about uh, you're just holding the popsicle and you don't want to waste it and throw it in the trash or anything. So right. uh, okay, so you're on. You you say popsicle is shower appropriate food. Thank you, uh, Gloria. So. You said Gloria. Thank you for that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Do you have any shower appropriate uh, foods? I bring my cell phone in the shower. Now I have a I have a shelf that's high enough and it doesn't get splashed on. Right. And I'm listening to news and, uh, you know, something in the morning. So it doesn't get wet and I just sort of leave it there. Uh, that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever brought in the shower. And you got to be careful. You don't want to drop it. Although one time I thought I thought Johnny was drowning in a pool and I had my cell phone in my pocket. I'm with a bunch of people. Right. And I get up out of the chair and Johnny was pretty little at the time and I jump in the pool. But by the time I got in the pool, Johnny had recovered, and at that moment, I noticed that my cell phone was in my pocket, and so I reach under the water, I grab my cell phone, it turns on under the water, which was surprising, and I got out, and it was fine, and then everybody noticed the whole thing that I did, and then they all mocked me for being more worried about my cell phone than my son, which was not the case. I had noticed that my son was okay. And then I was concerned about my cell phone, just to, to make it clear. All right. Is there anything that uh, you would have in the shower, the shower-appropriate food? 888-528-2557. Jeff and Van Eyes, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Scott. Love your show. Really listen to it as often as I can. Uh, it's not really a food, but it is uh, a cold beer in a hot shower after a long day of work. All right. So, so you go grab a, a can or a bottle. Uh, can safer in the shower. Oh, it all depends on what's available. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's right. You don't want to drop the uh, bottle in the shower. Then you got other problems. Uh, so uh, does it, yeah. now does it, see this, and I was thinking about this with the popsicle. Doesn't it get warm? Like I take hot showers. It seems like it would just not be good very quickly. Well, you, well, you got to drink it quickly and keep it out of the water. But, you know, you put it in the soap dish or your little niche or whatever you got, you're fine. All right. All right. There you go, Jeff. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You never know what people are doing, and we do that on Fridays. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about. Kelly, I see your call and others. Uh, we will get to your calls as the Pastor Scott Show comes back. Follow us right now on social media, on uh, Instagram and TikTok and X and Facebook, at Pastor Scott Show. Look us up now, at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 888-528-2557. It is Open Phone Friday. We'll take your call on anything that you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Before the break, uh, we were talking about foods that uh, are shower appropriate, since Jessica Beale thinks that we can eat foods in the shower. And uh, I got a text from a listener who said, 10 things you can consume in the shower. Somebody's made an official list. And uh, number one is smoothies or iced coffee. I, that, see, that's the, the concern I had about hot drinks, right, or is that, uh, it, well, no, a hot coffee would be better. So, yeah, it seems like the hot, the iced coffee would get warm and the smoothie would just melt. Ice pops, that would, apples, I guess so, gummies, trail mix, trail mix in the shower. That does not sound good right there. Uh, Campbell's soups on the go. 
you know those little cups you get those things and uh you know they're a little bit of soup and some salt and you put it in the microwave and uh they're pretty good you can drink it so you don't use a spoon in those things you uh you drink it actually right out of the container uh, I wish I didn't know about that. Anyway, there's there's things that people do. All right. By the way, before we are done today, and I'll get your calls here in just a second, but I don't want you to miss that uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian is coming up. It's coming up on March 12th, and uh, this is going to be a really big deal this year. It's usually called Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. So you might be familiar with that if you've been listening for a long time. But this is a, a Christian and Jewish dialogue that will include Pastor Alan Jackson, who you hear on the station, and our own Dennis Prager who you hear every morning on our sister station in L.A. and in San Diego, uh, The Answer. And uh, he's heard nationally. You, of course, know who Dennis Prager is. And they're going to have a dialogue uh, between uh, a Jewish person, who's Dennis Prager, and a Christian and the differences in belief. And they're going to talk about anti-Semitism, Christian and Jewish relations. What do Jews believe about Jesus? What do Christians believe about Jesus? Those kinds of things. It's going to be at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. Pastor Dudley Rutherford, who you also hear on this station, he'll be on here in a couple hours. Uh, he will be moderating, and I look forward to seeing you there. It's at 7 p.m. Tuesday, March 12th at Shepherd Church. Shepherd Church is in Porter Ranch. You can get there from any freeway in Southern California uh, pretty quickly. I really encourage you to go, and uh, it will sell out, so you need to get tickets right away. Go to kkla.com, click on the Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian banner right on the front page, and uh, get your tickets now for that. I look forward to that. It's going to be really interesting. You know, in the news today, I haven't broken it down yet because this came out today, and maybe you didn't realize it, but the, the United Nations has a court, okay, a uh, international justice court, and South Africa was suing Israel uh, for genocide, basically, is the idea. And uh, the court came back with uh, their initial findings. Uh, that was, It's kind of interesting because the court ruled that Israel must prevent genocidal acts by its forces, and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, finger-wagging at Israel, but then on the download, they said, but it's actually not genocide now, and it is following international law, as far as we know. Now, they said that, you know, later on, you find out where the war crimes are and things like that and stuff like this. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, the way the world sees Israel, the claims of genocide or the claims of other things going on. You know, when you dig down and you discover, not that Israel's perfect, but you dig down and you discover that a big part of the anti-Semitism that the world is seeing today very openly is that we often treat Israel different than we would any other state. And that is your clue that there is something wrong here. Uh, and uh, by the way, also the United Nations, their their refugee uh, agency, UNRWA is what it's called, um, they also are being accused of involvement, their workers, the United Nations workers, of involvement in the October 7th attack. And uh, so the United States has stopped its payments to the United Nations uh, Refugee Resettling Group is who they are. And uh, a lot of it's called the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA. And uh, if you study that, it's mostly for, I think, Palestine refugees. It's the only group of refugees. And, and, and by the way, I care a lot about the, the people who are suffering and it's a terrible situation, but there's a lot of politics. This is another issue, right, where you got to be able to talk about the issue and be very plain about it. And at the same time, you got to acknowledge that there is tremendous human suffering that is going on because of these things. But the policies matter because they lead to that suffering. And uh, part of the suffering is, in my view, when you look at it historically, is brought on because the United Nations treats 
this situation different than any other situation in the world for the same reason that uh, I just mentioned. That, And here you've got workers for the U.N. who participated in the October 7th Hamas attack. Um, and uh, that's, a, that's a really huge deal. Um, anyway, you know, one of the reasons that we want to talk about this at uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian is that there are so many things that people in general are, even even religious people, or even people who are Jews or people who are Christians, and you go to synagogue or you go to church or or you are religious, you often think you know, especially when it comes to Israel, but often you discover that you really don't. And uh, this is an opportunity for everybody, even if you're not a religious person, you're, um, you are a Jew or a Gentile, you are one of those two. And if you are a Jew or a Gentile, you are uh, going to get a lot out of it. You'll be educated and you'll also be entertained because it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's a great conversation. It's not a debate. It's, it's informative and uh, entertaining. Um, and it'll be really good. March 12th, uh, once again for that. All right, time for a couple more calls here. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Kelly in San Bernardino. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I I called recently, and I just I have another I think a good question, but I can't uh, I can't put together in my mind um, aliens. So it's declassified information right, that outer outer space aliens you're talking about. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So so I I like kind of I kind of scoured the Bible looking to find where in there that it might be in there, and the closest I could find was um, John, I think it's John 15-something, maybe 15, 15, 15, 14. But anyway, where Jesus said, um, he was talking about the, the sheep and the gate, that he is the gate. And then he said, I also have other sheep that are not of this flock. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, maybe that could be the alien <laughs> Does he mean other? Uh, all right. So if you're if you are uh, not uh, to catch up the audience here a little bit, once in a while, aliens comes up uh, on our show. Not you know not in the same way it does in the late night uh, talk shows, right? With uh, who's like a George Norrie, if you ever listen to that guy, or Art Bell back in the day. Not yeah. not that way. But when the United States government is putting out reports on these uh, UFOs, these flying phenomena, there's some of that conversation that's real, and we don't know what it is. I think it's not outer space aliens. I think that somebody, hopefully us, has developed drones or something, and then they're being seen uh, by our aircraft and uh, it's classified, so we're not going to know you know, who they are. Uh, in the Bible, in John 10, is a passage about other sheep, but uh, Jesus speaks about other, other sheep, not part of the current fold, okay? Uh, what he's mm-hmm. talking about is not space aliens. He's talking about Gentiles, Gentiles? Yeah. Okay. Well, it could be Gentiles, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you are Mormon, you think that's you, but it's not. Okay? So if you have, uh, you know, LDS missionaries come to your door, and uh, they might say, we're the other sheep. Um, but just a little bit of apologetics for you, they're not. It's clearly Gentiles. So in the Bible, you have a lot of conversation with about Jews and Gentiles, and uh, that means everybody in the world, Jewish people, and if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. Uh, and that's what that means. I, well, I mean, I agree. And then, I mean, well, then also I wondered, I mean, what's the Nephilim in Genesis, right? Ah, when, um, <laughs> that had, you know, you know, they had sex with women, human women, and made giants on the earth. Yeah. Well, that the Nephilim 
is a completely different subject, and it is a mystery, okay? People do not agree on uh, who they are. In the, Hebrew, in the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Old Testament, they are a group of uh, mysterious beings that are referenced, okay? And, uh, you know, we don't know the answer to that, but something that's modern, like today, and, and kind of humorous. Have you seen this, uh, Jose or Wilbert, the conversation about Nephilim being found in the, uh, like the other day, there was this police action in Miami at a mall, and the official word was some teenagers were getting into a fist fight. Okay. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. There were like, and I'm, I'm going to, th- Kelly, thank you for your call. We'll finish answering and we're almost done with the show here. I appreciate you listening. But make sure, the Bible does not talk about people from other planets at all. Uh, that's not what the Nephilim are probably. Okay. Uh, thanks for calling. So this mall has this police call out, right? And it's teenagers fighting. That's what they said, shopping mall. It had to be over a hundred police cars out there. It was unbelievable how many calls came, how many police came for this. And there's been a couple of these recently. So people start wondering what it is. And the funny thing is somebody has suggested that it's the Nephilim, these people of unusual size who are the government is trying to hide. And I've laughed out loud at some of the things people have said. You know about this, Jose? Yeah. Uh, there was also like a video, I guess. There was like a tall person walking in the video and they're like, okay, that's an alien. But, <laughs> right. you know, it's uh, it's one of those... 72420p videos or it's not really It's real blurry. It's like an alien version of the Bigfoot video, the famous Bigfoot video and uh the the uh <laughs> uh somebody put on the uh Twitter, I for one welcome our new Nephilim Miami uh mall walker overlords. So there's this crazy funny thing that probably unfortunately some people are taking seriously that the Nephilim have returned and they're taking over, taking us over and they're being hidden and there's this crazy video of it. Uh, maybe we'll find that and probably uh, put it on our socials if we can think about that. If you remember that, uh, see if you find that, we'll joke about it. Uh, people don't know what the Nephilim is and it's a conversation that's interesting and fun, but I don't think you're going to find out until you go meet Jesus uh, in person and uh, maybe you can ask him. Um, why 100 police cars went to the mall for a, a teenager fight? That is an interesting question. I don't know if they ever said, uh, but that's, that's what it is. But it's, it's not the Nephilim. See, open line Friday, everybody. Uh, sorry, I won't get to the rest of your calls today, but uh, you never know what's going to happen on the Pastor Scott Show on open line Friday. Uh, but wherever you're at, uh, I want you to know this. Uh, Jesus is the real deal. He's exactly who he said he was. And if you don't know him, seek him out. And if you do know him, make sure that you go to church this weekend, worship, praise the Lord, and uh, and pray for each other and be involved in doing good and doing good things in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. Follow us right now on social media at Pastor Scott Show and the Pastor Scott Show podcast, which is called the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.